You're listening to The Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is by Pastor Dean Bernke. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The base for our sermon today is of 1 Kings 11 and Matthew 1. Please be seated. These Sundays in Advent, we've been asking the question, who is Jesus? And we turn for that to Matthew's genealogy. And so far from Matthew 1.1, we have learned that Jesus is a son of David and that Jesus is a son of Abraham. This week, we continue with the verses in Matthew 1, 5, and 6, which read as follows. Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. So who is Jesus? Jesus is the son of Solomon. So what does that mean? Well, you know, it's easy as pie to begin. It's tougher than nails to finish. Pick your pie, if you will. It seemed so easy for Solomon. When his father David died, pretenders to the throne include his half-brothers Amnon, Absalom, and Adonijah. Solomon had them eliminated with the grace of ease. Solomon's enemies included Joab, Abiathar, and Shimei. And he had them eliminated as well. Anointed by Zedekuk as king of Israel at the Gehan Spring, Solomon came out of the starting blocks like a greyhound after jackrabbits. All the money was on Solomon, the tenth of David's 17 sons. In 1 Kings 3.7, Solomon calls himself just a kid or a little child. But we would call Solomon, I think, a kid wonder. He wrote 3,000 proverbs, 1,005 songs. Solomon described plant life from the cedars of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the walls. He gained control of two main international trade routes, the Via Maris along the Mediterranean and the King's Highway that connected Elith in the south to Damascus in the north. The result, 1 Kings 4.25 says, from Dan to Beersheba, Judah and Israel lived in safety, each man under his own vine and fig tree. That's the Old Testament way of saying the stock market was up, unemployment was low, and the people were living high on the hog. Solomon needed no lessons in Greek or Hebrew, no lectures on eschatology or angiology, no fieldwork, and no vicarage. LWML problems, he says, cut the child in two and give half to one and half to the other. Problem solved. Building problems, the scourge of the ministry, 
He says to Hiram, king of Tyre, my people will talk with your people. This corporate merger brought about, among other projects, the Jerusalem temple, the royal palace, the chariot cities of Hazar, Megiddo, and Gezer. If there was ever a surefire candidate for the ministry, it was Solomon. In the first 10 chapters of 1 Kings, Solomon is simply awesome. Fantastic. But, but, in the 11th chapter, we have these words. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines. Then it says, his wives turned away his heart. During the summer in my backyard, one of the things that is there is a bug zapper. Maybe you have one of those too. And it sounds zap, zap, zap. It's the sound of bugs. Bugs hitting a bug zapper. There's that light inside of it that attracts them. They fly in and they get zapped. I sometimes think to myself, you know, you'd think those bugs would see that tray littered with impulsive bugs. You'd think some bug would say, wait a minute. I'm not going to blindly follow my desires toward that light. But you know what? Bugs don't do that. And you know what? Neither does Solomon. For day in the words of his father David in Psalm 27, 1, where it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, Solomon flies toward other lights, a thousand to be exact. The result, zap. 1 Kings eleven three, his wives turned away his heart. They turned his heart to follow Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites, Shemesh, the detestable god of Moab. So zap goes Solomon in all his glory, zap goes his kingdom, and in 1 Kings 12 it tells us his kingdom is cut in two. It's as easy a pie to begin, tougher than nails to finish. Like Solomon, we're great at the beginning, aren't we? We begin things with this unbridled enthusiasm, this high energy, this never-say-die attitude. Like hot knives into butter, we tear into new projects and new classes and new relationships. But... But as time goes on, we get weary, fatigued, impatient, bored. And so then we zoom toward different lights, those dazzling lights, those deadly lights, at least a thousand of them. Those lights of pride and power and position and prestige and prominence and even pouting, poor, poor, pitiful me. 
and then goes zap, the joy of our salvation. And zap goes our passion for the lost, and zap goes our zeal for the word. We all know what it's like, I think, to fly toward those godless lights. And suddenly, we find ourselves lying in the tray littered with dead bugs. Matthew 12, 42 says this, one greater than Solomon is here. And that would be Jesus. Jesus is the son of Solomon, but Jesus is greater than Solomon. Jesus, too, was surrounded by those lucrative lights. But Jesus not only began strong, he finished strong. And for Jesus, it was tougher than nails. Because in addition to the nails, there was scourging, mocking, spitting, beating, slapping, sweating, bleeding, crowning with thorns. And still, Jesus finished. In spite of his disciples' kiss of betrayal, in spite of his friends running for cover, in spite of his countrymen clamoring for his death, in spite of his father's abandonment, Jesus finished. Look, listen, the sky is dark. Two others are moaning. And there is Jesus, taking a deep breath, speaking those words, it is finished. The veil torn in two, the blood poured, the curse removed, the sacrifice complete, death defeated, paradise restored, it is finished, he cries out. So I cry defeat? Certainly not. Now, I think had it not been for those nails, I dare say he would have raised a triumphant fist in the air. It is finished. It's a cry of victory. So today, just here, just now, lackluster finishers like you and me get no zappling high. But what we get is the Father's welcome, a shepherd's embrace, a friend's infinite love. If the life of Solomon goes to show as easy as pie to begin, the life and death and resurrection of Jesus proves that though it was tougher than nails, Jesus finished for us. Hebrews 12 says this, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with endurance a race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the beginner and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scoring its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you may not, will not grow weary and lose heart. It's a cloud of witnesses. 
In this cloud of witnesses is Moses. Moses, who registered last for classes, and he got classes like Advanced Obscurity, Remedial Waiting, Loneliness 101, an introduction to working for your father-in-law for 40 years. But Moses finished strong. Deuteronomy 34 says, Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. And in this cloud is also Joshua, surrounded by 10 spies who needed a checkup from the neck up, whose first job was a 40-year stint in a Sinai desert. But he finished strong. Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then these words for the ages. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. And yet Paul finished strong. He wrote to Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I finished the course. I have kept the faith. That entire cloud of witnesses demonstrates that in a fight between the stream and the rock, the stream always wins. Not through strength, but through endurance. Finishing strong doesn't mean finishing first. It doesn't mean finishing without blood, sweat, and tears. But finishing strong means daily fixing our eyes on the world's only true light. Jesus, the son greater than Solomon. And here's the promise from Paul in Philippians 1. He who began a good work in you will finish it on the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was filled with joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word. If you have questions or would like more information about Hope Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.hopeaurora.org. Send an email to office at hopeaurora.org or call us at 303-364-7416. This has been The Word of Hope.